Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Women's Football Success. Today's episode is 1909, episode 1909. Real quick, I'm your host, Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington, and I want to share with you a couple things today. We're going to talk about several different things, mostly about, uh, I'm going to just do a recap of real quick about what we talked about last week just about two seconds of it. And then I'm going to talk about scrimmages and working with other teams. So real quick, I want to share with you, again, this is episode 1909. We are going into, this one will air on March 6th. So we are about 30-ish days away from the beginning of the Women's Football Alliance regular season. Super excited. Real quick disclaimer. Again, my name is Lynn Marie Liberty Ellington and I am also an attorney licensed to practice law in the state of Arkansas. None of the information I provide to you about women's football or small business, um, whether it's print or digital on this um, particular platform or with women's football success, none of that creates an attorney-client relationship. So I am not your attorney. If you have an issue or dispute that you feel needs some uh, legal advice or legal attention, please uh, seek out an attorney in your jurisdiction, licensed to practice law in your area, um, and has experience in the type of law that you need help with. None of the information on here creates an attorney-client relationship. So anyway... Getting back to this, episode 1909. So I talked to you guys last week and I told you that you guys probably should start ordering your uniforms if you haven't already. I know some deadlines uh, came up last week, so you got to make sure you take care of that. Last week, um, I also talked to you about the fact that some teams have already done some inner squad scrimmaging or are preparing to. Um, and then I also brought Coach Mike in from the Dallas Elite, my husband, um, to discuss with you guys some coaching information, uh, players, coaching staff, planning for coaching, uh, because I tend to not talk on that topic as much because that's not an area that I particularly deal with on a daily basis. I usually deal with the business of women's football. So I typically uh, put in a lot of business information in the areas that I 
deal with on a daily basis. And then, I, but I figured it'd be a good time to bring him in and maybe give you guys some, some an- answers, some questions. And uh, I just interviewed him for, oh, I don't know, about 30, 45 minutes. But um, with that being said, today I'm going to actually talk to you about um, how a scrimmage works or how uh, we've done them in the past. You guys may be getting ready for a scrimmage and or you've never done one before and you're getting ready to host one. So I kind of want to just provide that preliminary um, planning part of it. And then I also want to discuss with, um, I'm going to expand that discussion because scrimmages tend to deal with working with the other teams in your leagues. Then I also want to expand, uh, expand that discussion into working with other teams more on a regular basis throughout the season. So um, we're going to get started with that real quick. I do apologize. I'm still congested because, hold on. <laughs> Excuse me, please. I'm still congested because not only do I keep getting warm, warm, cold, warm, cold, um, but we have practice outside. We practice inside. It's 75 degrees. It's 35 degrees. So eventually, probably in like May, I will be back to normal. So real quick, before I get started on the actual discussion, I just want to share with you guys uh, the Women's Football Alliance. Um, if you go to their Facebook page, they got a couple of great things here. Uh, March 2nd, about four days ago. I love the, the weight room isn't for everyone. They got a cute post here. Shout out to uh, the WFA Women's Football League. The weight room isn't for everyone. Then again, neither is playing time or winning. Um, that was really cute. The uh, There's been a lot of um, activity and movement in women's football. Uh, we actually put out our thing. for. Uh, we have a player on the Dallas Elite, a uh, young girl um, finished in high school that um, part, uh, practiced, or I'm sorry, participated in her state powerlifting competition and made it to state. So that's posted on there. There's, it's really nice to be able to um, share with these young girls coming up this next generation, 18-year-old players that are coming on board this year um, that ha- maybe have seen women's football for the last two, three, four, five years and um, are starting to see the great changes that are happening. And then uh, we got this uh, on March 3rd. They posted setting goals high. Don't stop until you get there. 34 days count. That We have the Zenith helmets there. So this is a great... Um, picture of the Zenith helmets and people in shoulder pads um, on this post. Check it out. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers Foundation um, teamed up with the Tampa Bay Inferno um, and held another football camp. And I wanted to share with you guys. Getting up there. Uh, March 4th, just a couple days ago, Canadian football player female could be the first to make Canadian football Canadian college football roster there's another lady um, getting ready to make history in women's football and in regular football and then there's a post there for four hours ago just just so everybody knows um, uh, there's a post for Pittsburgh passion um, that is a big announcement, the, the changing of the quarterback, changing of the guard at the quarterback position. 
at Pittsburgh. So that's going to bring some new things, some new dynamic um, to the sport and to the teams that are playing Pittsburgh uh, because they did have a, a longstanding quarterback for years. Um, she was always phenomenal, but um, we are all getting older, aren't we? So um, real quick, I just wanted to kind of go through that. Of course, we have on here our championship. Um, and then, of course, the new video, the latest video that's come out. Shout out to Wynn for her time, dedication, and uh, really just getting everybody together to to put things together for that. It was It's a really good video. Shout out to Wynn. Anywho, we're getting ready. So July 13th at the Colorado School of the Mines in Golden, Colorado. NCAA Division II uh, College, beautiful stadium. Uh, we will be holding the WFA National Championship Division One, Two, II, and Three. And everybody's so curious, wondering why um, so many leagues are playing at the Colorado School of the Mines. And I'll get to that in a couple weeks. It's, it's a great story, and I, I'll, I'll be more than happy to share that with you guys here in the coming weeks um, of how so many leagues are actually playing their championship at the Colorado School of the Mines. But real quick, before we get there, I want to get back to talking to you guys about scrimmages and kind of how they work, how they run for those teams that maybe are new this year that have never hosted a scrimmage or are going to participate in a scrimmage and are, don't know what to expect. Typically what happens is um, there's kind of a planning phase and sometimes it, it gets a little complicated, but typically one team will reach out to another team and try to set up a scrimmage. Um, we've done this in past years. Um, there's been some issue with scheduling and, and trying to get, we tried to do five teams this year, all scrimmaging together. And um, for whatever reason, this one or that one, one team can come, two teams can come, and then another team can't come. So we've actually kind of done a round robin of who can come to what scrimmage. So we are actually hosting a scrimmage um, with Austin and a New Mexico team may come if they can make the, the date. Um, but what it entails, and actually we didn't even start out as hosting. We, we didn't even start out as planning this. It was actually planned to be down in Austin and to have a bunch of Houston teams come and New Mexico teams and even, I think, an Oklahoma team um, come down to possibly do a scrimmage. At least they were invited. I'm not sure if they even ever planned to come but um so there was a big invitation sent out to the teams to come for a specific date and then teams were going to come the date switched then other teams couldn't come other teams could come so it's kind of revolved into this thing so now my understanding is is that we're actually hosting it in dallas and i know austin's coming up and i think a new mexico team's coming and i'm not sure who else but several teams have been invited the way we typically run ours is we usually do two to three teams, and this started way back in the day. We actually, um, I'll just tell you a history, part, uh, for those history buffs out there, 
But the Lone Star Mustangs actually traveled down to Waco, and Austin came up to Waco. And if you guys even remember, um, the East Texas Sabercats came to the scrimmage. And I can't believe, I can't remember if that year the, it was the H-Town, H-Town Cyclones, which used to be the Houston Cyclones, the H-Town Cyclones. Uh, I don't know if that year they, the fourth team came, if Houston came or not, but I know it was Austin, Dallas, and the Sabercats all at this scrimmage. There were reporters at the scrimmage taking pictures. It was, and we were in the newspaper just for the scrimmage even. Um, so we actually did it in a round robin fashion. So this is a great scenario for if three, te three teams are going to participate. We actually did, I think it was 20, 20 plays offense, 20 plays defense, and then uh, kind of a, a break, rotated the next team in, 20 team offense, 20 team defense, so that each team got so many plays against the other teams. Each team got the same amount in total. But Austin would go against uh, Lone Star. Lone Star would go against Sabercats. Sabercats would go against Austin, et cetera. And we'd kind of do a round-robin situation. Um, and that way people could rest, people could watch, people could video. And it was really good, a really good time. Um, with regard to inviting teams, um, I just wanted to share with you, I, I kind of shared the complicated uh, fat pattern with you or scenario. But... Um, it's good to get a mishmash of teams coming um, so that it's all for, you know, you're getting the most impact by one day of workouts. You just want to make sure that you're able to invite teams that can come. And it doesn't have to be a lot of teams. You can just do two teams. But um, our area down here in Texas has typically invited three to five teams um, set up a date and then we see who can come for that date or we pick two dates and then see what date the most teams can come so the setup again we typically do the round robin sort of play and then at the end of the scrimmage we actually have kind of a barbecue um, one time we took we barbecued some chickens some one time we barbecued carnitas um, and made uh, like some tacos. And then of course we have our coolers and everything and everybody kind of brings their lawn chairs. Everybody's bringing their lawn chairs anyways. So with that being said, kind of the, the backdrop, I guess you could say for the scrimmage is it's typically at a park or a middle school or a high school. Um, you typically don't use the stands on scrimmage day. It's typically not an open scrimmage. Um, if they're at a park, typically people will bring their lawn chairs, um, maybe even some little canopies, 10 by 10 canopies to sit under. And the weather has typically been pretty good in March for us. We've never been rained out or gotten wet or anything like that. Um, and it's typically been in the 70s, so it hasn't been super, super hot. Um, I know one time in Waco it was in the 90s, but um, even then it wasn't too, too bad. Uh, because everybody's kind of getting on and off the field and it's kind of it's not a, a fast paced game time scenario so people can kind of take their time a little bit we typically set up for like a two hour scrimmage uh, but we're typically there three and a half to four hours 
Um, we do a kind of a relaxed setup, a relaxed tear down, and then we we eat for a while, and then the other whatever teams are traveling, they tend to travel back. Um, it's not typically a formal travel. Typically, people just take their personal vehicles. Um, friends and family come, if not, but it's a really good day to, to determine like how long it takes to take uh, to tape uh, players up, how long it takes to get in and out of their gear and everything in the locker room and um, that kind of stuff if you're if you're doing a scenario with a locker room so that's typically kind of how um going to a scrimmage works now if you are actually the team hosting the scrimmage it um entails several different things or several additional things but that also includes um, setting up for the um, either park or field for scrimmage day. Any extra refreshments, ice, water, etc. Um, determining um, if you guys are going to split the cost of a field, if, the, if there is a field cost, or if those people are traveling to you, if there's a gas cost, etc. How you guys are going to um, work that out. So that's pretty much the... The whole thing of a scrimmage i wouldn't make it super super detailed or difficult to participate in um, basically um you could just have a basic city park i recommend that you have a place that has bathrooms so that people can, don't have to run to the local area local store to go to the bathroom especially on scrimmage day because everybody's going to be full up in pads and and belted into their clothes and everything so uh, when they need to go to the bathroom they're going to have to be able to go and it can tend to be a, a long day. If you're there for four hours or so, um, any kids that are watching are going to want to be able to go to the bathroom and get drinks or whatever from the water fountain. So that's typically how it works. Let's kind of progress into other scenarios or other events working together with other teams inside and outside of your league. I have noticed that some of the teams are having scrimmages outside their league. So they are scrimmaging with a team that they will not see during the regular season or postseason. Now that could or could not be because of location. Many teams are scrimmaging teams outside their league because they are located close by and therefore, there's no travel costs with going to a scrimmage. Um, other teams just opt to only scrimmage with teams in their league uh, because they do not recognize the teams outside of their league. That's typical as well. Um, but let's talk about moving forward after the scrimmage and continuing to work with the teams inside your league and working with the teams on a bigger scale. Now, real quick before I get into this, I want to explain why teams don't tend to work together and why a lot of the people outside the commentary or the commentators or the people that have radio shows and websites devoted to women's football um, that talk about this don't understand why teams 
in the same area don't tend to work together. Typically, the teams in the same area came from the same team. So there's a lack of trust between the two teams. They don't want to work together. Or the people that are on the two teams used to be on the same team and they don't want to work together. Right? Does that make sense? Make sense? Other situations might be that people that are on another team failed to be allowed to come back to a team. So they don't feel that they want to encourage them playing when they didn't do what they were supposed to do on the first team. Does that make sense? So if one person did not settle their bill or did not pay their player fee at the last team and were not invited back to that team, then they then one team does not want to encourage that team to play them because they don't want to have a scrimmage with them. They don't want to work together with them. That's a simple explanation. It's very similar with how new leagues um, are created. The WPFL. I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, I didn't even realize that there was even leagues even before the IWFL. There was the WPFL, there was the W the NWFA, um, there was the, another league as well. But some of the leagues spawned or were created from other leagues, and that's why they don't want to work together. Now there's some leagues that did not come from other leagues. I would say the I'm sorry, I'm going to dub the USWFL. All the different acronyms is getting ridiculous. Um, the USWFL with Coach Johnson, I do not believe that league started from the separation of other leagues. Okay? The... WFA, the Women's Football Alliance, did not start from the separation of two leagues. The WFA started and the NWFA, the National Women's Football Association, I think it was. I can't even remember. It's so ridiculous. The NWFA merged or brought all of their teams over to the WFA 10 years ago. And that was the WFA. At the same time, there was, at that time, there was the NWFA and the IWFL. So people got to choose whether to go in the NWFA, the WFA, or the IWFL. And the NWFA chose to bring all their teams to the WFA except for, I think, one or two teams at the time. They left the NWFA, went to the IWFL, and then eventually went over to the WFA. Anyway, so now, and real quick while I'm saying this, because um, I do not like to give false information um, when I am putting on my radio show. So I'm going to go over here real quick. 
IWFL. I think it's IWFLSports.com. I can't remember what it is. I haven't been there in a long time. Let's see here. No, that's not it. Hold on. I just want to check real quick before I make a statement because the IWFL last season had a couple teams in it. Um, let me just type it in here. IWFL. Sorry, I don't mean to keep you waiting. IWFL Women's Football. Da, 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 da. It was founded in 2000. That's probably accurate. Number of teams. I don't know who is in charge of their Wikipedia, but somebody has put question mark, question mark, question mark for 2019 season. I don't know if there are any teams in the IWFL this season. And I'll share with you their story um, in a couple weeks as well. But hold on just a second. Do, 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 do. And I'm not going to share with you their whole story. I'm just going to share with you as it pertains to me. Um, let's see here. The last statement I show here, the last post they had up on the IWFL was October 23rd of 2018 so that was what six months five months ago they did a press release for the new england girls tackle football association and i guess that's out of rhode island um that's the last post there so i don't know and i don't think that there are any teams in the iwfl this year so let me go back my, it's important to me to make sure that I put out the um, correct information and I share with you the right information. Um, I have no problem going on another radio show and um, preparing or getting ready to or talking one-on-one -on -one or one-on-three or one-on-five with other people in women's football to dispute the facts of women's football. I have no problem with that. So if anybody out there that wants to go on a women's football radio show and talk about the facts of women's football, I have no problem getting on there and talking about that. Um, so the IWFL, as far as I understand, no longer exists this year. The WFA started 10 years ago. And the teams from the NWFA came over to the WFA. That being said, most of the situations where teams are located close to each other, it's because they were the same team and somebody split the team, took the name, took the players, took the equipment, took whatever, and started another team. Um... That is why teams don't want to work together, especially teams that are close to each other. Typically, teams that are close to each other, it's because they split from another team. So Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Diego. Um, there's several areas down uh, that have several teams in their area that it's because they were once just one team and somebody split, and because they wouldn't allow two teams in one league, they had to go somewhere. So they try to find somewhere to go, right? Um, there are very few teams. Let's see here. Let me go over to the WFA real quick. I want to go to the website. 
There are very few teams not in the WFA. Oh, shoot. Hold on. Really? I want to get back on topic here real quick, but I want to be able to share with you the exact things. Um, the idea is, is that teams that are in the same locations or close to each other came from the same team. And that's why they don't want to play each other, whether it's a scrimmage or a regular season game. And that's why they don't want to work together. Come on. Oh, because I'm spelling it wrong. Okay, see, I did it again. Pro. Real quick, just because I'm saying it, just in case you don't know, the Women's Football Alliance, the WFA, can be found at WFAProFootball.com. Um, and you have to spell it correctly, like me, um, because that's the only way you're going to get there. Real quick. Let me go over to teams. Do, 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 do. By the way, the WFA has three divisions. Division one has very, very few teams this year. Um, I think there's seven. I'm not going to tell you a lie. Seven teams. Cali War, Kansas City, Dallas Elite, Arlington Impact, Portland Shockwave, Boston, and D.C., which is a great example um, the Dallas Elite, we actually um, work well with the Arlington Impact. Why? Because they did not come from our team. They started out as a separate team. They created their stuff differently, right? We're all good there. But I will show you, we have 70 teams, 70 teams in the U.S., from Washington to Florida and from Maine to California, 70 teams. There are only, let me come over here. I think there are only, hold on. I'm going to say that wrong. Hold on. Let me go over here to the USWFL. And they announced their 2019 schedule. Hold on just a second. Trying to get to their teams real quick. Schedule teams. One, two, three. I believe there's three teams in the USWFL that have been in the WFA that are welcome back to the WFA. There's only a total of about 16. 
There's only a total of about six teams in existence that are not in the WFA that are welcome back to the WFA. Okay, so we have 70 teams in the WFA. And that goes back to my point about working together with the other teams, the other women's football teams. There are reasons why they don't work together, and those are the reasons. The trust, the people are the same, um, people have not taken care of their responsibilities or settled up bills with past teams, and that's why they can't come back or how or don't aren't, aren't wanted back, whichever way you want to say it. But teams that are willing to work together, um, it can be a really cool situation. Now, a lot of times there's teams that are within the same league that will work together like cross the the nation or across the country. Um, but typically there's not teams in the same area that will work together. Uh, one example, another example um, of teams that work together would be um, the Mile High Blaze and what was the Colorado Freeze. Um, in situations like that, teams are asked when another team wants to come in if they are allowed to be in or if they are willing to allow them um, to be part of the league um, so that because it actually dilutes your product and so if an owner says yes that's fine same thing when we were the lone star mustangs and the and the dallas diamonds were asked we were asked if they could come in to the wfa and they they came in the dallas elite this year um has talked several times with the arlington impact a team that did not come from our players or anything like that um, we do know players on that team and, you know, we are all, you know, friends or whatever. Um, we are all part of women's football, but we are willing to work together um, on fundraisers, on sponsorships, on events um, coming up uh, to promote women's football in the same city. So that's going to be pretty cool. We're really excited about that. We, um, we hope that um, we can embrace a relationship with teams that are close to us, um, that that understand our product, our business of women's football, and that are willing to work together. So there are several ways that two teams can work together in women's football. Um, first, we have the teams that are close together that are willing to work together. Um, maybe they're in different divisions, and so teams will allow them to come in. Um, other situations are um, where they're in the same division, but they're, they are just willing to work together. Again, like the Dallas Elite and the Arlington Impact. We're both in the same league. I think we're within 50-some miles of each other, um, but that it all still works out. Other ways that teams can work together are on more long-distance events um, that possibly could be um, scrimmages in different locations. It could possibly be cross-promotional sponsorships or cross-promotional fundraisers. So, for example, um, you could do two women's football teams get together in a location to host a fundraising opportunity. It could be two women's football teams getting together to share a sponsorship opportunity. Um, 
maybe do a commercial like, for example, um, whether people uh, like it or not, and a lot of people have been per posting the incorrect information, the Adidas commercial during the playoffs included the Cali War, or the War Angels, of the WFA, and this could be a good trivia question, um, and what other team, it was the Mile High Blaze. So despite the other commentary and radio shows and other teams stating that they were part of it, it was the Cali War, or the War Angels, and the Mile High Blaze that participated in the Adidas playoff commercial. That's it. Um, but that is an example of two teams that may be rivals during the season, or may not, that work together in a fundraising opportunity and a sponsorship opportunity together to for the greater good of the WFA. Um, there are a variety of different scenarios that could happen with this, but typically um, because the teams are spread out, it would require a, a distance, a different distance. Now there are teams, very few situations where you have two teams that are still close enough to where both audiences or both fan bases could actually benefit or could uh, support the team. So for example, you know, it, a bad situation would be like if two teams are trying to do a fundraiser together to sell, I don't know, raffle tickets or go to a bar and, per, and raise money for WFA, it would be kind of ridiculous to have um, a New Mexico team and a Dallas team meeting in Amarillo, Texas to have a fundraiser because nobody in Amarillo, Texas cares what we're doing and they wouldn't be able to bring the New Mexico um, Las Cruces fans and then we wouldn't be able to bring the Dallas fans or very many of them. So it would be kind of um, irrelevant um, to having an event that's kind of where nobody's at. So scenarios that where it works out would have been an example of the Mile High Blaze and the Colorado Freeze working together on a fundraiser together at a bar or restaurant or bar and grill in the Dallas area or the Denver area together um, where they could benefit from both of their audiences being able to potentially go to the fundraiser or event and being able to gain revenue from all of their fans. So these are just a couple scenarios where women's football can progress and teams can work together if they want to on an as-needed basis. Ultimately, the WFA, each of the owners has their own say and do about how things are run. Um, we kind of um, work together. We actually do share resources um, and we are providing resources for the newer teams that are coming up so that we can kind of um, eliminate or change the amount of time, the learning curve that it takes to build a successful team and make that um, 
amount of time that's devoted to that um, buildup um, a little less so that we can build teams faster from division three to division two, et cetera. And ideally, we want to have competitive football. If you have, whether, whether they have divisions or not, if the league has a division one team always playing division three teams or division four teams, then there's never going to be a good product out there for anybody. But, you know, some people try it. I don't know. Um, ultimately, you want to make sure that you're building the best product for your audience or your potential audience to be able to um, make the product better and better each year. So that's what we're trying to do at the WFA. If you guys have any questions, um, that's about all I have for today. Um, we talked a little bit about the scrimmage, the scrimmage makeup how to plan a scrimmage, if you guys are getting ready to do that, or if you're getting ready to go to a scrimmage, if you're a newer team and it's the first time hosting a scrimmage, um, please feel free to reach out to me or any of the other WFA owners that are willing to answer your questions. I am here um, anytime. Uh, my, my husband and I are directors of team development for the Women's Football Alliance, so we are really putting a lot of time and effort into these resources the guides and the materials to helping these women's football teams um, be successful faster and hopefully create profitable businesses. It takes a lot of hard work and a lot of time, but it is possible. With that being said, if you get an opportunity or you have a chance to work with another women's football team in the WFA, um, take the time to really plan things out and make sure that any fundraiser or event is going to work well for both teams. If you have any questions or concerns or you're just not sure what you guys want to do and there's two teams in the WFA that want to work together and do something or there's multiple teams in the WFA that want to work together, feel free to give me a call. I'm more than willing to um, poke holes in some ideas and uh, all for the cause of growing women's football. You guys have a great week. If you want to reach out, feel free to contact me through any of the avenues, my personal email, my business emails, my law emails, my phone, the WFA even. If you have any questions, you guys have a good day. Talk to you later. This is it from the Women's Football Success. Talk to you later. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.